This is Weird Religion, a podcast for people who know religion is weird but love it anyway. I'm Leah Payne. I'm a historian, author, professor, and I am not a great Facebooker. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. (laughs) My name is Brian Doak. I'm a professor and biblical scholar, and I'm way behind on things. We're talking about everyone's maybe not so favorite social media platform, Facebook. Particularly, should Facebook be getting into the church business? Could only be a matter of time. Join us. Join us. All right. Whoa, big news. So t- okay, big news two in things. the church tech sector. Two things. One. Yes. I'm I'm eating a peanut butter granola bar right now because okay. my daughter is allergic to peanuts. Yeah. We didn't keep her from peanut peanuts. Peanut allergies are We rough. didn't keep her from peanuts. That's the thing. You know, people will come back. People will judge you about no, the peanut No, 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 no. I don't judge because as judge. you know, I have a peanut allergy in my household I, I know, too. but so so you know the way that people will judge and they right, will say, oh, right. oh well, you, if you adjust, if you just, you know, the, uh, the, the act consequence, the odyssey comes back to bite you at any time. <laughs> If you just, if you'd only done this, uh-huh. it wouldn't be happening. Uh-huh. Okay. That's silly when it comes to, because yeah, I know well. I'm up on this, on the science of that. Oh, so well, don't know, do it. Don't do it is you what know, we're saying. We, we had fed our daughter peanuts when she was young. She just became allergic. I don't know how it happened. Okay. So that's the thing. Number one, I wanted mm-hmm. to just say, so if there's any, any, any horrible, gross chewing sounds, friends, that's <laughs> part of the ambiance here. You know, the brand you're in the room with us. Just that's how this snack is snack and join us. That's how this is happening. Okay. So that's number one. Number two, yeah, so um, Facebook. Mm-hmm. A lot of reporting lately. Mm-hmm. Face page. Face page, the Facebook. A lot of reporting that they're going to try to get into the church business. Yeah. What 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 does that even mean? Well, Aren't they already into the business? That's true. They really are. In what, okay, in what ways do you perceive? And you're, you you may not be a good Facebooker. I may not. But you're, you're very savvy on the social. You've grown our Twitter, by the way. What? We I now know. We, so we have crazy. more Twitter followers than people we are following. We got to follow like 300 more people ASAP. Brian texted me. He was like, we should get our check mark. <laughs> <laughs> We're verified. Okay, so okay. you're good enough, though. You're savvy mm-hmm. enough. What is... What is your sense right now for what is Facebook already doing as a church or for churches for people now? Is that a, is, is something going on already? Yes. Um, well, you know, I mean, I think everyone, especially um, because of the COVID pandemic, many churches have had to expand, extend their online presence. And Facebook, the favored platform of the olds in our culture Let's the say more established folks above how old is old by the way should we say above 50 um, <laughs> well i mean i think it's above probably like 40 and above i would All guess right. it's the favored yep. um social media platform and so it yep. makes sense that you know church leadership churchy people they're like where do we go would go to Facebook. Yeah. And and so throughout the pandemic, I tuned into, because I like to study churches mm. and religious movements in the U.S. And so I tuned into many services and you can all watch, around And you can see what nation. they're doing. You can watch them. Mm-hmm. It was actually real really interesting. You could never do that before the pandemic. Yeah, it was Maybe. it was much rarer. I think only the big churches or the churches that were like church planting kind of churches that were trying to do fancy, fancy, hip stuff were experimenting with that. And then all of a sudden it was just like everybody. My favorite version of this was this really cute one where a priest is doing mass but accidentally put the sparkle filter yep. 
Yep, I saw that. It was so cute. There yeah. were several moments like that. Yeah, those ones actually were really funny, kind of charming. But, mm-hmm. but the the you know there are certain churches like ones that I like to watch. Um, Stephen Furtick's Elevation Church, which is kind of the church du jour in the mega church world. And they, of course, were made for this moment, right? Like they're so ready. They've been waiting for this. To do this kind of platform Conspiracy thing. theory, mega churches started the pandemic. <laughs> Don't, you you heard it here. here. You didn't hear you it here, it but here. you can spread it if you want. <laughs> well, you know, I'm curious. It'll be interesting to see long-term what the pandemic has done for those churches. I'm not sure that it would benefit them, but maybe it will. The pandemic's not really helping anybody. Uh, right. You know, what we're I mean? so tired like, of it. At the time that this this episode is being taped, we are exhausted. We are like headed into another uh, wave, like a fifth or something wave. I just can't. Yeah, it's rough. But anyway, I was just starting to feel good too. I know about myself. I know about we're like life about my body back on about my face. We're back to it. <laughs> I know. You know, someone needs to do a rom com about a couple who meet but they never see the bottom half of their face. Mm-hmm. And there's some sort of like dramatic tension. Okay. You know, it would probably only be of interest to people right now, mm-hmm. but I, I'm just saying. So, okay. So speaking of rom-coms, mm-hmm. there is a new uh, Netflix dating show. I think that's either out now or coming out. It is called Sexy Beasts. Sexy oh, Beasts. that's what that's about. And they're going to, they're going to. Um, Masks. They're going to dress people up in really like really extensive, really professional cosmetics, oh prosthetics, like animals. It's really weird right now. <laughs> Would you count this as a weird experience for you? Yeah. Uh, so I like your fin. <laughs> <laughs> so what if I pick you and I'm not what you expect underneath? Oh my God! Woo! I'm always wondering what the pitch meeting is for that. They're like, this is what we do. This is what we do. Um, okay, so that's so weird. Gonna that's dress just like, weird, like you're, you're kind of like, you're dressed up like a camel and you're going to date a cat. And then in the end, you oh know, boy. they take it off to find out the dude doesn't have one eye. And do you still love him? You know, oh, it's going to be something geez. like that. <laughs> okay, okay. So, and um, hilarity ensues is what you're saying. Hilarity ensues. So, uh, so anyway, yeah. what are we talking about? Yes. Okay. Facebook, so, Facebook, Facebook getting into the church churches. game. They're getting into it. No one's benefiting from the pandemic. Everyone's suffering. Except for Facebook. Okay. I want to read you a quote from an article it's from okay. the New York times. Mm-hmm. Um, this is about the Facebook face. It's called Facebook's next target. The religious experience. The company is intensifying formal partnerships with faith groups across the United States. So intensifying, they've already mm-hmm. got the partnerships. Mm-hmm, I want to mm-hmm. just pick out one quote almost at random, but just caught my eye. And I want to ask you about it. Okay. Because it kind of comes... Now we're suddenly asking a question about the definition of religion itself and about what religion is really about, what faith is about. And mm. Here's the quote. Last month, Facebook executives pitched their efforts to religious groups at a virtual faith summit. Mm. Sheryl Sandberg, the company's chief operating officer, kind of like famous number two. Yeah, they two brought the big guns to Mark in for Zuckerberg, that. Mm-hmm. Shared an online resource hub with tools to build congregations on the platform. And then quote within the quote, I'm quoting, this is from Ms. Sandberg, quote, faith organizations and social media are a natural fit because fundamentally both are about connection is that what faith organizations are about connection fundamentally is is religion about connection i mean i'm not saying is you know can you deny that religion is about connection but like is that a strong enough basis on which to form this partnership that faith is about connection i guess i'm 
I'm speaking in my skeptical voice. <laughs> yeah. um, Whatever do you think about that, I'm Brian? Thinking, I'm, th- <laughs> I'm thinking like, could you pitch this at a more generic level that would be not helpful? Um, I could think of many more things that faith organizations and social mm-hmm. media are about, like sarcastically, like right, about right, right. numbers. They're about like sales, maybe sales. Yeah, right. Like, is that the word she was really searching for was sales? Yeah. Well, I think you're rightly skeptical about that. I I do. I I think it's really interesting. Part of me, when I saw this headline, I was like, what took so long? You know, because this does seem like not that not that the essence of any particular religious movement is a good fit for Facebook, but it just seems like these two um, like social media platforms and churches have been kind of like in this dance with each other for quite some time. And Mm -hmm. the pandemic definitely made it more pronounced. And then Facebook did that like prayer thing a while back where you can put a prayer request out now. Oh, I know your face. That was funny for those listening at home. I would, I would (laughs) classify that as sort of like, it looked like you smelled something bad. Okay. Breakdown. I'm, I'm just revealing full on. You know, we, we we play it professional. We play it coy. We try to host. Uh-huh. We try to represent. Uh-huh. I'm not even trying to hide the fact He's that like I, grossed I hate this idea so much. <laughs> Tell me why. I hate this. Tell me why. I don't know. It involves like. Per- Interrogate your feelings there. Okay, I will. It involves some personal sharing. We used to share more personally in the past than share, we do now. Share. Why, why have we gone away from I personal sharing? Pandemic is hard. Life's hard. We've just gone. Anyway, all- share, share, share. I guess because for me, this is why I hate this. Okay. For me, I think that the life of faith, trying to have faith is so hard. Yeah, it is. And this kind of superficial stuff that makes me hate it. I feel like, no, like it's so hard. So Mm. anything to me, when I see churches and things getting like, you know, I understand our friend, the apostle Paul says in the new Testament, do not, do not uh, muzzle the ox while it's treading out the grain, which I think is a proverb meant to say, yeah, of course, pastors should be paid. You're doing the work of the Lord, you know, like pay, oh, pay the okay, woman the money okay. or the man okay. as the case may be. But, uh, you know, it's like, I just don't like it. I don't, I don't w- look when I go to church, I don't want to go to a brand. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. If I'm going to have a faith experience, I want to have an experience of faith. And there's a certain kind of purity about that that has been so sullied in the world. No one can deny that. Mm. I just don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. Maybe it's just because what Facebook has become, you know, and, and what it is. And like, I don't associate it. I go back to Facebook when I do 28 times a day because I feel like I have to. Okay. You know what okay, I mean? Right. And I don't want to mix this now with that. I don't want to do that. Don't, don't make me do it. It's funny because my um, my thoughts on this were a little bit more like, I'll, I'll share since you shared mm-hmm. personally. My thoughts on this were definitely informed by my grandfather who just very recently passed away, mm-hmm. um, whose main kind of um, brand is conspiracy theory. Nice. And so my grandfather, I think what would my <laughs> the, grandpa... The brand of grandfathers everywhere. Yeah, conspiracy theorist. Uh, and I actually had privacy concerns when I mm. saw like the idea that you would host some sort of something or other. Because if you've been a part of a religious movement of of most kinds... There's like some sharing that's involved right, right, and right. some sort of, in some ways I was surprised that they even got a hearing with religious groups. Really? 
Well, I mean, I was and I wasn't. Because on the other hand, it's like, of course they would, right? Because Sheryl yeah. Sandberg is asking you to sit down. You're definitely going to sit down. Sure, of course. But I was sort of just curious about how that part of it was pitched. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, the marketing stuff, I guess the, here's the reason why I didn't have the kind of disgusted response because yeah. I study American religious movements. And so I'm like, of course they're going to be This is washed. This. this is showered over you for many years. <laughs> for many years. I'm like, yes, of course. <laughs> this is like the idea that that um, American religious movements would want to harness mass media for their own ends um, is is like a well established norm within sure. like religious movements in the U.S. However, another like familiar trope is the idea that they think they're going to be able to use this mass media platform for their benefit, and then is there, turns out I, things happen. I ask you, Doctor Payne, is uh-huh. uh, as a humanist, is there any precedent in art or film or story for <sighs> hey? We'll let's 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 corral this monster. I'm sure we'll be able yeah. to control it. Says oh Hal. no, <laughs> it turned on us. I mean, we have. Have res- you ever met Hal? Yeah, we yeah, have yeah. research. We have research about what social media has done for mental health for teenagers, for middle schoolers. I know, thinking about I my know, daughter. You know, I, know, I was yeah. explaining to my daughter there was some good reporting in, in the New York Times the other day about Instagram and like what its effect has been on right. on middle schoolers. Like, it's not good. Um, it just isn't. It's probably bad for high schoolers probably bad for people my age like i just right you know but like your brain's not i just so okay first of all i knew that that (sighs) that your grandfather was nearing the end of his life i didn't know that he'd actually passed away i'm so sorry yeah thanks um thanks we know we know about the toxic effects and you want to drag faith into this now like why would you do that like okay so um but didn't you here's here's the counter narrative to that Yes, you're absolutely right. And I'm sure that there were studies about television being damaging for all kinds of things in the 1980s. And then we have televangelists. So, I mean, I'm not saying that you should do it. In fact, I think if anything else, the past should give us pause. Well, the televangelist thing is not encouraging, but we're all all TV. And yet people are like, well, don't worry. I'll do it differently, guys. That's kind of what I hear. Right. It's like it's like it'll be different. Well, we're this time. gonna do it differently. It's, I'm like, okay, look, well, we'll you see. couldn't control the monster, but when I do it, it'll be totally different and awesome. Yeah, you know, okay, but let's come up with some sort of counter perspective. I feel like because you know th- what people will say is that, especially now in these t- trying times, mm-hmm. that um, you know it's it's religious communities need this mm-hmm. for connection. For people who, for example, maybe like in a high risk health category, sure. you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I do think that there are reasons why a community might consider yes. partnering. Yes. But I did notice some things that sounded like, hmm. So, for example, I think part of it was you could sell subscriptions mm-hmm. to your congregation. And some would have that and some would not. Mm-hmm. So it's like, who's kind so... of in the Facebook group? And then, you know, Facebook can encourage, you know, comment threads, which veer in directions that maybe shouldn't be shared. Well, I was wondering, is it legal to do that? Because, you know, like to sell subscriptions, maybe can you do that as a nonprofit? Anyway, I had a lot of questions about how you would even Well, they're going to have to figure this that. out. Okay, but on your theme of like things you couldn't access, this is from the article. Mm-hmm. Imam Tahir Anwar of the South Bay Islamic Association in California said his community raised record funds by using Facebook Live during Ramadan last year. So Right. So you can see how that would be like a, a potential upside 
for a group. And, sure. you know, this has been a very lonely time. Um, I think what's interesting is that, so all the, all of those examples or that example in particular happened without like specific partnerships with Facebook. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to me that Facebook is turning its attention to faith-based groups, which tells me Mm -hmm. because they are not Mm -hmm. in it for like pro bono, whatever they, they are looking at religious people and they're like, we could make money this way. No, this is right. I I read this article the other day. It was a little bit dated, but they were talking about education, how um, big companies like Apple, Mm -hmm. Google, they've kind of like, they're flatlining. They've done all they can do. And now what they need to do, th- these companies too, you don't just keep doing, keep making a great iPhone if you're Apple. Right. You need to keep going up and to the right uh, in terms of your bottom <laughs> right. line. And and so if you're going to go out, if you're Apple and you're Google and you're going to go out big game hunting right. out in the world of, of you're, you might go after education. It's a place where, where prices have skyrocketed yeah. over 400% faster than healthcare in the, over the past couple of decades. And or you might go toward... Or groups. if you're if you're Facebook, go toward so they're going they're going big game hunting. They're trying to find an untapped group with tons of money mm-hmm. who would start using their thing. And if you think about it, Facebook being the platform for older people, right? They're like, right? How can we get a bunch of stationary people who are a little bit older than than like the ones that are using the young person's platform, and then get a financial relationship going? You know, I think a lot of those. D- those religious organizations, they're not dumb, right? Like the, the, I, I would I would expect these groups to go into this with eyes wide open and be very, I, I wouldn't expect them to be less savvy than the average, you know, social media user. How I do think, I mean, you know, this is, it'll be really interesting to see. Like one of the questions that I have is, I mean, the financial, like the the kind of figure out how to do a financial thing, that might be enough to bring groups in. But I'm like, what can they do besides that? Right. I mean, churches are already hosting their platform, you know, right. on Facebook and then on right. a, lot of, a lot of other things. So Every church I, has its own Facebook page. Right, yeah. They're going to so post stuff. I'm curious, that, like, what would be the distinction other than that that subscription thing? Yeah, it would just be it would just be trying to borrow the brand of it. I do think, though, you're onto something that could go, that could go very not even dark, but just like very nitty gritty where the sausage is made mm-hmm. about the age demographic and about how much they've come to trust Facebook mm-hmm. and about how older people tend to skew more religious. I mean, it's... You, There's a lot of good reasons why they'd want to go yeah. from their perspective. If you can't imagine the pitch meeting for the Sexy Beast show, you can imagine the pitch meeting at Facebook, <laughs> right? For totally. Like how that's going down. Like, look at the demographic. These are, And they, they know data about their users, which is is scary, right? Like, they, they know a lot. Well, I think here's one pr- piece of evidence that lets you know that they knew that because they, one of the people that they invited into this was a church, a church planter in Atlanta who is with Hillsong Church, which... Mm-hmm. In the U.S. is actually a pretty small denomination, but it is overrepresented in terms of its mega church, uh, right. high like media um, savvy types. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the most telling um, lines in the entire article is from that that pastor who says he's partnering with Facebook to quote directly impact and help churches navigate and reach the consumer better. Then, pause, consumer isn't the right word, he said, correcting himself. Reach the parishioner better. Oh, whoopsies. Yeah, Back that's to my me. critique. Could not have been a better clincher for my, it really, for my yeah. problem with this. 
Well, here's something that I've been thinking about. I want to hear what you think. Yeah. Is like, d- does the, and, and I, I want to invite you to think about this as a Bible scholar, because the Bible has gone through many different forms over time. Um, like many different, like the language itself has been, you know, like transmitted differently and sure. been on different. And, and when I think about, you know, like transmitting the church attender to a social media platform, does the changing of the, the um, medium change the nature of the person? Like does mm. a parishioner just automatically become a consumer if you if you're shifting over to Facebook? What do you think? Let, you me, a comment? let me yeah, let me cite a book I really like by a biblical studies scholar at Case Western or mm. um, I believe still at Case Western, Timothy Beale. It's called The Rise and Fall of the Bible, The Unexpected History uh, you of love an this Accidental book. book. I quote this I quote this issue all the time because I think it's something that particularly let, let's just say evangelicals have not reckoned with this very well, this concept. Right. He speaks right. about the concept of brand dilution in the book, brand dilution. So brand dilution would be like you have a Rolex, right? Like right. Why, why, you know, if everyone has a Rolex, that's not cool. Like then my Rolex isn't worth anything. Then a Rolex isn't a Rolex. How will people feel badly about themselves how if they don't will, know? How, yes. how will I feel like I'm not passing on my heritage to my son because I don't have a son and I see a Rolex through a window? <laughs> da, da. If only certain people have Rolexes and <laughs> right, not right. me. I love my daughters. Just had a conversation <laughs> with my wife, by the way, about You're whether she was dad. asking me whether I wished I'd had a son. Oh, interesting. And I, I don't, but I wouldn't have not wanted to have had one. I just, we just didn't. Sometimes I think like that about. My, I have two boys and, yeah. you know, anyway, keep going. Okay. That's, so that's, yes. that's another episode. That's it. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that later. Um, but so make the transition to the Bible and he, he, he chronicles to your point, many of these, many of these formats that the Bible has gone through the Bible zine, mm-hmm. the, you know, mm-hmm. this cover, the specialty Bible, this it's hard not to think that evangelicals in particular troubling though that word continues to be mm-hmm. in terms of what it is and who that means but it was maybe more clear 30 years ago let's say um and you know these things have not made the bible look more holy mm. holiness is on a spectrum holiness is not about accessibility you could say oh for christianity the holiness and accessibility come together in a in, in an amazing stroke in the person of jesus christ god and human okay i got it but um you know let's just say all the forms that the Bible has taken don't make, are not conducive for people seeing the Bible as a holy book. Right. Thus, you've got a problem. The brand has been diluted. It's just like brand a piece dilution. of trash in the drawers of hotels. And you just want to look away from some of this stuff. So Facebook, you know, if I'm already cringing going on there, if the brand is already, if I've already moved on to Instagram or Twitter or right, Clubhouse right. or whatever, you know, it's it, maybe it's maybe it's just a market move that's not for me, and that's the whole point. Yeah, I'm curious about that. It'll be interesting to see what happens because, um, so I, there there have been other attempts to digitize church or religious organizations mm. in in particular ways. Like, what was it? Is it called Second Life? Like the virtual? Oh. You know, I know that people are always trying this kind of thing and sometimes it just doesn't work there's a thing called second life it's like this virtual world where you kind of go in and uh-huh and i think that for churches have tried that and with mixed results mm-hmm. so you know i wonder if it if it really will so i can see why facebook would would think this is a really good idea we should try this but i sort of wonder if it's something that will actually take off because a lot of the folks you know you can't get church people or i would assume 
I, I'm mostly familiar with with um, Christian practitioners in the nitty gritty details, and you cannot get them to agree on carpet color or like music style or anything. So what makes you think you can get them to say, okay, we'll just go on this platform and like what happens when, you know, Twitter just recently changed the font that they used. Mm -hmm. Church people would go berserk (laughs) if they did that, you know, so I could end up, I could see it end up being more of a headache tied to a particular platform. Like I could see from the, from the organization's perspective that they would want to kind of have the flexibility like, Oh, now we're going to migrate over here onto TikTok. So we don't want to have like proprietary information because they talk about that in the article if they develop things that are, that belong to Facebook or something, you know? So I don't know. I could see that not actually working for the organization. Well, here's a thing that Mark Zuckerberg has recently publicly been into. And some people think that this, this word I'm about to say is going to be like the next big thing okay. in the okay. internet. This is like the next internet, okay? A lot of lot of contenders there. It's called the metaverse. Metaverse? What is that? So the metaverse, I'm reading from a quick summary on Business Insider, is a virtual universe where people would use digital avatars and VR, virtual reality, oh boy. to interact. It's kind of like the Matrix or Ready Player One, where our physical reality is going to be augmented by all kinds of things. Like you might be in a city and instead of <laughs> looking down at your phone to look at Google uh-huh. Map and be like, oh, what's this business right here? That's too cumbersome. You're just going to look right at it and some holographic thing inside of your own mind is going to pop up and tell you what that business is and Isn't whether it's open. part of the plot to uh, Minority, Minority Report? Minority Report. <laughs> a lot of films have gotten into this. I think Minority Report was one of the first. So, okay. So from the article, um, right after my uh, quote from Miss Sandberg about the, that we're all about connection, she's yeah. quote, our hope is that one day people will host religious services in virtual reality spaces as well or use augmented reality as an educational tool to teach their children <sighs> the story of their faith. So, yes. Oh, okay. There's there's now I saw your disgusted face. That is my disgusted so, face. Yes. This is about true. this is about I a can't. particular this is about also promoting a particular version of the internet and where things are going where we will basically be interacting with digital things in our quote-unquote real life, your so-called real life, which is not your real life, but your real life rather, is this metaverse in which you are... Con- I mean, what do these people want more than anything for us to spend more time on their product? How about all the time? How about just inside of your mind? That's the metaverse, I think. Phew, there's a Black Mirror episode that this <laughs> makes me think of where these people, where society is structured around, like the entire economic structure is around watching advertisements. Already exists probably that episode, right? It does, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a really scary episode. Um, and so this makes me think of that. And that's why I just kind of had like a gag reflex. Also the whole bodies thing, I think that's kind of key to most right. community any kind of building of any kind of community, be it like a right. bowling league or a, or some sort of sports thing in my Bob, you can tell I'm not a sports person. <laughs> or, you know, I just think, you know, actual bodies. Well, this is what, you know, the cultural critic, literary historian Terry Eagleton, as, as a Marxist critique of capitalism, mm-hmm. which this is his critique of postmodernism. He says, this is what postmodernism is. It's a kind of way of just throwing all kinds of things together and making everyone apathetic so that we become better consumers of goods. It's essentially a capitalist thing. That's what this is about. Eagleton. Nailed it. Hey, thanks for listening, weirdos. Keep it weird, everyone. We're trying to help. For extras on subjects covered in this episode and other related jokes, don't forget to follow us on the socials or visit our website, weirdreligion.com. 
I've been trying to work in some um, original musical stylings, but our official theme music is still by Cassie Blum. And our album artwork is still by John Williams. When you podcast, but podcast with us. Thanks, everyone. Oh, our outro. Our we got to do the outro. So easy to forget. Whenever we have like a clincher like that, we forget. I know. We're, just like, we're done. Yeah. We're Thank like, you. Mic drop. Mic drop. Mic drop. You're welcome. But we do have to read it though. Okay. Hey. Uh. Yeah.